Welcome to The Great Noticing Podcast with Marianne and Emily. The Great Noticing is about our awakening as people, professionals, parents, and leaders. Noticing empowers us to unravel the old narratives that dominated and defined us. Noticing supports new patterns and celebrates behaviors that help us create and step into the life we desire. What What are you you noticing lately? Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great Noticing. My name is Marianne Means Dufresne. I am the founder and CEO of Collective Growth, a leadership development and advising consultancy located in Fort Worth, Texas. And my name is Emily McAnally. I am a VP at a tech startup, and I am Marianne's sister. This podcast, it's our very first episode, is called The Great Noticing. And this idea came from just our own lives. I actually woke up in the middle of the night one night after we'd talked about this concept and and having just a lot to say in the world and wanting to expand these conversations beyond the two of us or our close friendships. And we were thinking about what is our topic? What is our theme? And this idea of noticing in the world and the power that it has for us to non-judgmentally approach ourselves and others and the situations that we're in to kind of peel back the layers of stories to really end or to shift old stories for us and create new narratives for our lives. So as we talked about noticing, Emily, what came up for you? Well, you know, I was so excited about when you came up with this idea of us having these discussions. I've always loved, you know, the discussions that we have together and that we have with our close Mm -hmm. friends. And I've always thought that we tend to get to a really soulful place really quickly. Yeah. So I was, when you brought up the idea of doing this podcast, my first inclination was to resist it. I was fear-based and said, nobody wants to hear from me. There are so many podcasts out there. You know, how could we even do something different? Mm -hmm. And I noticed that that was (laughs) my first reaction. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is rooted in one time a therapist told me that what I would call my inner critic Mm. is actually my ego. Yeah. So that was my ego protecting protecting myself Mm -hmm. and not wanting to embarrass myself or what would people think about this. Mm -hmm. And for me, what noticing has been lately is how, especially in my professional life, how my ego maybe has held me back, has kind of kept me from being courageous Mm -hmm. and pursuing things. You know, the old adage of like, if you don't really try, then you don't fail. Mm -hmm. I remember kind of holding on to that, like it was a little pet that needed to be nurtured, (laughs) like water it it and feed it and all that as like a teenager. Yeah. And I'm noticing that an age, frankly, that was scary to me, like I'm Mm -hmm. in my mid thirties and, you know, I was afraid that that, you know, getting older was something that was scary. I'm noticing that I'm finally feeling comfortable, free, free. I'm like, you know, you get a seat at the table. There's this Mm -hmm. awesome Michelle Obama quote where she's like, you know, you get a seat at the table and you think that all these before having said seat, you think that all these people are geniuses and that you don't deserve to be there. Mm -hmm. And then you get a seat at the table and you realize these are other human beings who are brilliant. Right. But I am also brilliant. Right. That idea that we're all genius in our own way. And Albert Einstein talked a lot about that idea of genius, that we all have this capacity. And I so identify with the statement you made about the space being full 
And can mm-hmm. we enter this? It's very competitive. There's so many voices yeah, saturated from me. Yeah. Right. And my journey in that has been that doesn't matter. There are things that I have to say that I'm called to say that we're called to say mm-hmm. that people want to hear and that people want to participate in a conversation. Right. And that's one of the things that we want to do with the great noticing too, is hear from yes. experts who we love and adore and or non-experts or non-experts because in some ways we're all both right clients um, of collective growth and friends of ours and leaders in the community to hear what they're noticing and how this ability to notice with curiosity in a non-judgmental way is changing or has changed their perspective of the world. Right. And I think it'd be really important for me right now to say, I'm noticing that this is your coffee and that we need to switch. <laughs> I wondered why my coffee was so disgusting. <laughs> I was like, so there. Here, I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't have much of your coffee. I don't have much coffee left, but it'll be better than yours. <laughs> Enjoy that last disgusting sip. So guys, that was the power of noticing that we get we get what is ours. Mm. It comes back to us. Oh my gosh, this is delicious. Thank God. <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with me? Why did I just make that terrible coffee? <laughs> it's because Marianne doesn't, do you, you don't eat sugar, right? I try to do as low sugar as possible. Okay. Well, I'm a high sugar kind of gal. Yeah. Which is why my coffee so is balance. delicious. <laughs> yeah. Balance. I couldn't drink it. Yes. So yes, the power of noticing and all that it can do for us in our lives and in, and in our work. And so workplace, Emily, so what are some of the things that you've been noticing in terms of your relationship to your work or your workplace in general? Well, I want to take like the flip side. So I noticed when you kind of just brought up this whole conversation months ago, how I would take my first step with the level of diminishing myself. Kind of, I remember one of my favorite former coworkers one time at the end, I had said something like, you know, we were having this big you know, product team sync, and they were looking to me for answers Mm -hmm. and kind of guidance. Yeah. And I remember I would say, I'm not an expert, Mm. but, and after the call, he called me and he was like, stop doing Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. They need you to be their expert. Yeah. Shout out to Amen. That really stuck with me. He was like, Mm -hmm. stop diminishing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I do that because I kind of want to under promise and over deliver again, another protection mechanism. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, the other thing that I've been noticing is I'm proud of myself for like little wins. Like I'll come to a call. It used to be before I'd come to a call with, I don't know, some, you know, big pharma. Right. And it's like their whole marketing team is on the call. I would prepare like crazy. I would Mm -hmm. take copious notes before I would almost have a script written sure. out for like so if you're they ask, ready for I'm, every scenario right, right. Yeah. like if they're gonna ask me x i'm ready for y mm-hmm. and i would over prepare and it would make me so nervous like my mm-hmm. hands would be shaking i might not even go off mute the whole call but my yeah. hands were shaken yeah and i'm little wins like i don't do that anymore it's amazing i just kind of chill mm-hmm. out and show up and it, this isn't like a do or die and i'm not alone here mm-hmm. i have other teammates with me yeah and i'm really proud of myself and i've noticed that whether consciously or not, mm-hmm. I've kind of started to divert that cycle yeah. of constantly feeling like I don't belong or like mm-hmm. I don't deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, imposter syndrome, like Everybody's everybody has it. it. Right. Everybody has it. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I'm proud of myself for even if it was subconsciously stop being so mean to myself mm. basically mm-hmm. and, and just showing up authentically as yeah. I am. And if I don't have all the answers, 
that's okay. Yeah. That's right. um, I want to know what you've been noticing and whether it's personally in your own work or mm -hmm. whether you, certain patterns that you've been noticing yeah. with clients, et cetera. Mm -hmm. One of the things, and there's so many, but one of the things I've noticed is how often because I grew up in a very, we did, both did, in a performative household. So a get it done at all costs, get a smile on your face, have a good attitude, go for it. Yeah. That there are so many things I've glossed over in my work and in my career, assuming that everything is okay. Because I wanted everything to be okay all the time. And that for me, and we'll talk about this soon, has really been a key feature of how I handle conflict is just to pretend like it's not there. So mm. often with clients, I will not talk about, or I'm tempted to not talk about the thing that's really happening, like mm -hmm. kind of the elephant in the room mm -hmm. and talk about all the other elements that can move us forward toward a goal. But if I'm not paying attention to the heart of the issue and the things that are toughest to discuss, we're really just band-aiding everything. Yeah. So for me, becoming braver around guiding conversations and modeling that for my clients, because those are skills that we're really working on, but how easy it is to skip over what's really happening, mm -hmm. whether that's with my clients, with my husband, with my kids. We talk about all the stuff that makes it look better, mm -hmm. but not necessarily the stuff that makes it's the situation healed. Yeah. Almost like it's shallow. Like yes. you're not willing to dive into the deep end yeah. to really create change. I think there's a slowing down mm -hmm. to do that, that to, and we were even talking about this this morning, there's a conversation that could be had with someone that would take a slowing down in that moment and a vulnerability that I will tell myself all these reasons why it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. It won't make a difference. I don't have time. This mm -hmm. person will be mad. All, all these things that could hold me back when if I made that decision to step into it gently and with curiosity, which is a part of noticing, that could change the whole relationship dynamic and the whole scenario mm -hmm. very differently. So I have a question. Please. To that point, I've had several friends talk, you know, when, you know, when your girlfriends are talking about your work lives, it always feels like there's somewhat of a theme where there's this like leader mm -hmm. who they have to placate mm -hmm. and they're afraid to have honest conversations mm -hmm. with said leader. How would you recommend someone, especially, you know, when there's a power dynamic going yeah. on there, right? Mm -hmm. Have honest conversations, honest feedback with a leader where maybe it doesn't feel safe to mm -hmm. do so. Mm -hmm. But I get like, for me, not being 100% honest mm -hmm. really pulls at like oh, my heart strings. It makes me so angry and I feel duplicitous. Right. So- when someone is frustrated with leadership mm -hmm. or something like that, yeah. how do they gauge like whether it's going to be worth it for them? Like, right. could it put their job in jeopardy? Because mm -hmm. that that's the thing that you always hear. Sure. And then if I were a leader, right? Like we'd mm -hmm. all like to think that. Oh, I would. And I am a leader way. in certain ways. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you were the leader. Right. I would want my my folks, you know, mm -hmm. my the people that work for me mm -hmm. to feel safe mm -hmm. in providing feedback that might be hard for me to hear. Right. And so I think we as conscious leaders model that. We ask for the feedback. We were talking about the power of feedback mm -hmm. earlier today. And for someone who's trying to determine if it's a safe place to provide feedback, 
your body is probably telling you that it's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. If no. you're wondering if yeah. it is. Yeah. Because, and, and does that mean that you leave your job immediately? No. But there are situations where we can start to test the waters. And in in essence, we're leading our leader in that space around how we can build trust and provide a safe space. Sometimes the space is not going to be safe. And this is something we've talked a little bit about and something I've been thinking about more and more is if we are moving towards self-actualization and if we believe that God has a plan or the divine has a plan for us that we can step into, then we're not limited by what the boss says. Mm. So we could say, I'm going to leave this job. I'm going to be responsible about it. I'm going to you know, have X amount saved up. I'm going to work with a recruiter or a headhunter, whoever it is. I'm going to have options. But can we challenge ourselves to do the right thing for us, Yeah, even when it feels scary? And I think something you've said this to me before is with so many people, we kind of put our leaders on this like divine pedestal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where like they're responsible for our well-being they're responsible for our financial success if they're they almost are omnipotent in our lives yeah and i remember one time you were talking about a client that you had Mm -hmm. spoken to and said so and so is not your god that's right don't give them that that power don't that isn't to say that we don't respect our leaders Mm -hmm. or that we don't you know follow them or that we don't live in reality right we we have bills to pay so i'm not saying do whatever you want whenever you want and the divine is going to catch you right we don't test things that way we don't act crazy however can we push ourselves a little bit we can pursue our goals. We deserve to be in a healthy work environment, in a healthy family environment. Mm. And so what boundaries can we set around yeah. that and stop all of the the self-questioning and beating ourselves up mm-hmm. around, am I doing the right thing or what can I, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> take a deep breath, mm-hmm. which key to noticing to living lives that we want to live is to breathe. be able to live, breathe and be able to be in a centered place. Mm-hmm. And believe that we have the power to be creators in our own lives. Yeah. Because the the whole conversation around, can I have this conversation? Can I give feedback? Blah, 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 blah. It's like we're wanting to step into being creators, but we're still in this victim place mm. of I'm not in charge and everybody else has all this power. Yeah. Is there something that you've noticed within your personal life that is, because I think you said something to me, honestly, right before we started that noticing wasn't just about acknowledging toxic cycles mm-hmm. that don't serve us anymore. Mm-hmm. Noticing could be something really beautiful, Absolutely. like a breakthrough or yeah. you know, a light bulb moment or noticing something that you're really proud of yourself mm-hmm. for or healthy patterns. Yeah. Cycles don't just have to be negative. Negative. Yeah. Cycles can be really healthy. Yeah, they can Is be there, virtuous. Right. Is mm-hmm. there something, whether it's personal or professional, mm-hmm. that you've noticed lately mm-hmm. that you'd like to talk about? Yes. So personally, we're humans approaching life. We're the same person dealing with the same issues and the same themes, whether it's work, whether it's personal, whether it's romantic relationship and noticing how our way of being is generational and (laughs) how impacted we are by the wonderful things in our families as we were raised, by the not so great things, by our parents' unmet needs. And then wondering how are my unmet needs being played out in my children's lives. Mm -hmm. And when I see their behavior, 
which is normally wonderful and amazing, but I see myself in them and some of my heartaches too. And, and watching that and trying not to watch it autobiographically, like Mm -hmm. this is my kid's life, Mm -hmm. but I'm still trying to peel back all of the layers around family of origin and what I'm experiencing now and not continuing those generational patterns. Mm -hmm. But what about you? I would say similarly, I think our generation is so lucky Mm -hmm. in that, you know, therapy has been normalized. Thank you. Even this, even this, (laughs) this discussion that we're having right now about Mm -hmm. cycles and trauma Mm -hmm. and all of these words that just weren't a part of our vocabulary when we were growing up in the what mid nineties. Like, and I'm noticing how, for example, okay, I have to tell this story, please. One of my kids, um, the oldest one is very how actually how would you describe my oldest child? I'm just curious. Oh, this is amazing. She is self-defined. Yeah, I would. She knows exactly who she is and what she wants, and that is the most amazing thing. And it can be probably the most difficult thing as a parent. It makes me want to cry because that's who I wanted mm-hmm. to be when mm-hmm. I was her age and, and who I want to be now, <laughs> I want, she is so, she does not, so she's not a people pleaser. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I am, I'm still trying to unpack all of my people pleasing tendencies. Yeah. And she, that does just does not occur to her that she should base her sense of self or her value on how somebody else feels about her. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And, she, and she's five. So yeah. like, bravo. Like I want to yes. be more like her. Well, you've supported that in her. Though, well, too, and that, that's, yeah, yeah, that, that was my punchline. Yeah, <laughs> and the way I, <gasps> sorry, I'm affirming and killing your punchline. <laughs> no, thank you. Glad we're on the same page. The story I want to tell about her, that was something that was almost like a little bit triggering at the mm. same time where I was like in awe of it yeah. was we were out to dinner with friends and one of the couples there, you've heard the story mm-hmm. before, she had never met before. Yeah. And she did something that was funny, but she wasn't intending to be funny. And the male in the couple um, laughed. And he's like this big, you know, 6'5", former football player, and big dude. Yeah. And she looks at him and she goes, and very calmly, she didn't shout it. She just very calmly said, don't laugh at me. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And at first, it's triggering to me to hear that story. Because if it were my child, I'd probably say, that's rude. Yeah. We don't speak that way to adults. For me, for right or wrong, right. For me, I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to tell her that if, especially if a man mm-hmm. makes her feel uncomfortable, yeah, that she has to let him make her feel uncomfortable That's... because she doesn't want to be a bitch or Goodness, whatever. Yes, absolutely. And in the moment, it took me a second mm-hmm. because our, you know, don't, yep. we have to be a good girl, be right. nice, be sweet. That that kind of training that yep. we grew up in. Mm-hmm. That was my first inclination was to tell her, oh, Vivian, that was rude. Don't speak to him like that. Right. But then I took a second and I was like. Ew whoa, that was really cool. She's five and she can set boundaries Mm -hmm. regardless of, you know, who's speaking to her, whether it's male or female or whatever. She can set healthy boundaries better than I could maybe even a year ago. You know what, too? A lot for me and a lot in this situation depends on how healthy and depends on the ego of that man. Mm -hmm. Because could he, it's like when my little one, my older one was little and he didn't want to hug somebody and the adult wanted a hug or a kiss or something. And I never would force him because it's his body. 
and he gets to choose. And some adults would be great with that. And some adults would be offended. Well, then they're emotional infants. Exactly. So in this situation, how did he, I think I'm imagining a man, sorry, who may be immature because many men are not, but a man being immature in his response to that and thinking, what a rude child mm-hmm. or versus a person saying, oh, thank you for telling me that mm-hmm. you don't like that. You are a full human. You're mm-hmm. not a half human because you're a child. Yeah. And therefore, I can respect how you feel about something. That's mind blowing. Like, can we move toward a place in life where everybody can say kindly, kind but firm? how we feel about something, and we all can react to that from a healthy ego place. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm noticing my response as a parent, my response as a person, mm-hmm. that if a child said that to me, I would affirm them in it. Right. But I'm worried about what somebody else would think mm-hmm. about my child or my niece or whoever. Mm-hmm. And I think from the perspective of growth as a parent, how to help my child express those kinds of things in a kind way. Yeah. But it's interesting, like hearing that you were concerned about what he thought. Yeah. As the mom, for a second, I was like, ooh, is he going to think I'm a bad mom because Mm -hmm. my kids that he perceives that as being rude? Yeah. But what's more important to me is she grows up Mm -hmm. knowing in that moment, whether her little soul knew it or not, that mom didn't tell her that she was bad for setting a boundary. Isn't that amazing? And I was really, really proud of that. Mm, And it was so dichotomous to yeah how we were raised yes well and like we we adopt the way that we were raised and it becomes this is part of our inner critic part of our ego we have to perpetuate that to support ourselves Mm -hmm. in our whole world and our whole paradigm being okay and this story is the kind of situation that changes a paradigm that right so the noticing that has happened even in this little vignette breaks open what you thought to be true about the world and about life. Yeah. And that is the great noticing. Yeah. In a nutshell. So thank you. Thank you. That that it's those little moments where we're able to say, I am secure enough and I'm curious enough Mm -hmm. to step out of the way that I've been living and think about it. So it's this metacognition element of, I'm going to give myself the space to look at this and say, Here's what I knew to be true. What else is also true? What else is also true? Because there's a whole world of things that is opposite and also true. And this is a concept that I work on with teams and organizations that are Mm -hmm. in conflict is we get locked into these patterns and these belief systems or this understanding of who this leader is or what this department is or what my we have to label is. people. Yeah, that's yeah. how we make sense of the world, yep. right? And and that's where we grow up in that we have to label boy, girl, all these different things. And we get locked in it because that's how we made sense of it. And now we're reaching an age where we can start to release some of Everything that. Everything isn't binary. <sighs> yeah. Consider yeah. some things a little bit differently. And it's so powerful to say, here's one experience. Here's another experience that's the opposite that is equally valid. Right. And what's hard sometimes is that when we bridge that chasm, when we get to the what else is also true and our brains can hold that, some people stuck in the this is the way it has to be can't move over. Yeah. And you have to be there was this video that came up on my Instagram where maybe she's like a lifestyle workplace guru. Yeah. Where she was saying, let them Mm -hmm. like 
if the guy who my child set the boundary with, <laughs> you know, didn't like it, let That's him. That's okay. Let him. Yeah. If let if, people be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like it doesn't. We are oh. not respond. Like you know, just yeah. the the freedom of saying, let them. Mm-hmm. I I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have to. That was that's one thing. Again, talking back to a noticing place yeah. that I'd really like to work on is not getting so hyper emotionally involved in every little thing that happens throughout my day. Mm. Usually workplace related, right? Because yeah. that's what we do all day. So in it, yes. So in it, and that like you can't even have perspective on it. Well, and every time something happens, especially one of my mentors who will hopefully come on the pod <laughs> soon. Oh my God, she's incredible. And I can't wait for she's her. She's coming on the pod. Yeah, she's coming on she's the pod. Amazing. She said one time when I was like fretting about something or, you know, telling her about something that was freaking me out, she was like, this is not something that should be keeping you up at night. Mm-hmm. This is something that should be keeping so-and-so up at night. Yep. And it was like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. have to, I because yeah. I'll turn myself into this little like oh. tornado of. And it, it feels good. Like, yeah. When you're in that, <laughs> it is so exciting. Like, I'm passionate. Like, you're, ah. Yeah. And some of that is the process of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. That some of it is how we sort through all of that. Mm-hmm. But then that's when other people like your mentor or like when we're talking about something and I'm like, whoa, cool it, sister. You are so in this that yeah. you can't. But then that that's the phase. You that- feel like that when I tell you about my surprise? <laughs> yeah. And you do when I tell you I know, too, teasing. right? Because yeah. we are so impassioned by it. That well, because is- you're outside of it and right. you can look at it and go, wow. this is not that big of a deal. Right. In 24 hours, it's not going to matter. Yes. But when you're in it in yeah. that moment and I think, you know, when you are, you're so, I don't even, you know, like those yarn balls or whatever. Yeah. I'm not that I've ever had one, but I've, I've seen them. Love in, those things. Like a, it's like a rubber band ball. <laughs> There's like, so you're so tightly wound and oh, it's like yeah. all you can think about. And it almost something I've noticed about myself mm-hmm. that I also need to work on is you have when I opportunity to work, on. I have the opportunity to work on when I'm angry mm-hmm. about something, mm-hmm. when I'm fired up. I tell, like, I call you, mm-hmm. I call dad, I call mom, yeah. I call my mentor, mm-hmm. I call, it's again, it's like this fire that I'm stoking. Yeah. You get like on a high yeah. on this, ang- I get on Such an anger high. Awareness. And so is that part of a healthy process? Is it that you keep doing the same thing and you don't change anything because that's important? Is it that you notice it? when you're on this high and you're triggered because that's mm-hmm. what's happening in your yeah. body is your fight or flight response has yeah. been activated and you are fighting mm-hmm. without fighting. The whole fight Ooh. is happening behind the scenes and in mm-hmm. your, you are intellectualizing around it and you're developing your arguments that most of them are never said. That's exactly what I was just about to say. I bet you anything part of the process is I know I can't actually do anything about it mm-hmm. and I know I can't take this that you're going to choose not to do anything about it. Could. Well, I can't. It's all, it's both. <laughs> let's, let's, I'm trying to use some sort of metaphor. Like yeah. if I'm a sailor on a ship, mm-hmm. I can't redirect the Love ship. Sailor and ship metaphors. I'm, I don't. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> if I can't completely redirect the ship, I'm mm-hmm. one sailor. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But maybe I get so intensely and you dive start in. a little skirmish among the other squabs. No, I can't do that either because then that's like the ship's going to sink or something. No, that is what people do. Like you're really angry <laughs> at your leader. Yeah. And so you start infighting with the group. 
because you can't fight with your leader. Oh, God, you're so right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So then you're like, you're sending Slack messages like, oh, yeah, the back department, the back channeling. We all have this angst around what's happening in the organization. And we feel like the whole exercise is futile, but we've got this energy. It has to go somewhere. Right. Yeah. So we're stirring up all this trouble. Back to the point of how do we have healthy conflict within an organization so that you're not doing all this back channeling. You're not, let's use the sailor metaphor. You're not causing some sort of mini mutiny that isn't going to actually enact change. It just creates a cancer within your organization. It hurts everybody else's experience. Exactly. Yeah. And how much of our ability to handle conflict is related to our own ego and is related to for the next, for our next episode, webisode. I don't know. Pod, podisode. 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 I like that. We should trademark that. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag podisode for the next podisode. Are we announcing it? I think we're announcing it. Okay. What are we talking about next? We're talking about conflict, handling conflict in the workplace, how it's related to our lives and our development. And, and I thought this was so profound, how it's related to our way of handling conflict in our childhood or the way that we were taught to do that and is that pervasive for us throughout our lifespan Mm -hmm. and environment Mm -hmm. i think that is one of those like simple things where it's like yeah of course of course the way that you were raised to handle or not handle conflict you're going to continue that throughout your life Mm -hmm. and obviously it's going to impact how you operate within a workplace setting but you saying that was like right and how how is it working for us is is one of the big questions is we can choose to operate in any way that we want we can keep doing what we've always done the world would be fine people have done that for generations we now have the opportunity with access to information, mm-hmm. with freedom of conversation, with education, everything that, that we have the opportunity to pursue, to think differently, to act differently, to find it the way of being that we really want yeah. in the world. Yeah. Let go of the cycles that aren't serving us anymore and continue to pursue new, like breathe new life yeah. into new cycles. That's right. Awesome. Well, we've loved getting to talk about the great noticing. It's been profound in our lives, and we hope that these conversations will be beneficial and helpful and enjoyable. Thank you for joining us today, and we can't wait to see you next time to talk about conflict. (laughs) Thanks, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Great Noticing Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. And for more information and to keep up with Marianne and Emily, visit thegreatnoticingpodcast.com. And remember, what are you noticing lately?